everybody. It's your old pal, Rob. Welcome to Rob's Tabletop World, the podcast. You can find me also on YouTube, Rob's Tabletop World. Uh, and if you want to send in any questions or anything like that, you can get a hold of me at novaprime860 at hotmail.com. So, uh, again, uh, this is our first full episode. Uh, we did a little introductory one, but we're going to call this episode two either way. Um, what I plan on doing with this is breaking it into segments and uh, talking about different things. Uh, um, maybe I'll have a subject in one subject uh, in one uh, segment. Um, we'll talk about some games that I've played and enjoyed in the second segment. Uh, today, uh, matter of fact, we're going to be talking about has gaming peaked? Okay, when did it peak? And Will it stay the course or are we on the downside of things? Well, we're going to talk about that in segment one. Segment two, we're going to be talking about a few games that I've uh, uh, played and reviewed that you can find out in videos that you're going to see upcoming up on the YouTube channel. And we're going to talk a little about, about those games here and add a little bit more feel to them. Uh, segment three, we're going to be talking about uh, some sci-fi movies. My passion is sci-fi and and you know all kinds of different things uh i, I like to be have this segment usually each week be a little bit of pop culture where, where we're going to talk about things and today i'm going to talk about my experience with the day the earth stood still the 1951 version and we're going to talk more about that and why the 1951 version is so important and then finally in our fourth segment we actually got a couple letters believe it or not already and i'm going to answer those letters for you and then we're going to talk a little bit what's coming up on youtube this week and then we'll get on out of here sounds like a pretty good start and uh, just giving you a heads up of what's coming and what you're about to see on our podcast here so to start our very first uh segment we're going to start right here has gaming peaked and what year do you think it really peaked now, for me, you know, this was a question that was on the on uh, in the YouTube comments, and I really thought about it because we we had we had talked about uh, gaming fatigue, and it seems to be a thing that that really seems to to have hit a lot more people than I've thought, and really seems to be making you know things different. People are fatigued over a Kickstarter, uh, trying you know the fear of missing out. Uh, the abundance of games and things like that. But, you know, when things really started hitting the ground in uh, the late 2000s there, um, I'd like to say about 2004, 5, 6, and 8, uh, was really when you started to see board gaming really start to come to age. And I think it really peaked in the year 2016. I think anywhere from 15 to 16, I have to say that it really peaked. And then, you know, of course, unfortunately, we had things that happened. You know, we've had our our share of uh, pandemics and things like that that got in the way and kind of kind of really hit board gaming hard. First of all, trying to get people together and things like that. I think that hurt a bit. Uh, it's not the reason to, to say of a decline, you know. I think we peaked in 2016 and we kind of stayed on a plateau. But what I'm noticing and the things that I notice in the comments on the YouTube channel and the more I talk is that 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 things are starting to take a really weird turn. And what I mean by that is is that there are just so many games coming out, so many Kickstarter exclusives. And with a weird recession and, and, and people, things really getting tough for people and tight for people, it gets to a point where people are suffering from burnout. And this could really dip and really hurt the industry as a whole. Now, 2022, in my opinion, was probably one of the best years for games. As a matter of fact, in an upcoming podcast, we're going to be going over what I consider the best games of this year. And when I look at the list and the strength of games that have come out, I am completely blown away by what has come out. Uh, some, game, some of the games that have come out, I consider some of the best games I've ever played. 
I mean, they automatically have, have entered into my top 50 games of all time. And for me, Matt, I really find that absolutely amazing. Um, you know, because I've been board gaming for close to 40 years, but I've kind of seen this come and happen before in a way. And I think we all have, if any of you have ever played video games, you remember that, that there have been a couple of crashes with video games. Where are video games now? Yes, it is a big, huge market. Okay your call of duties and things like that. But people have fatigue of it now. There's not as many games coming out. When a new console used to come out, it was, it was the time had stopped. Okay. And now with the PlayStation five and the uh, Xbox, um, I think it's XS or, you know, whatever they want to call it. Okay. The latest edition. Okay. When they were hard to get a hold of, because of things that had had transpired when they were impossible to get their hands on and they were being scalped all over the place. Okay. People just suffered from burnout. And then on top of that, the same old games, call of duty 57, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, how many times can every year you, can you wait for a new call of duty? Yes, it'll sell Madden. They haven't improved on anything and people had just felt burnt. Now, this year, of course, one of the best best games, Elden Ring, came out and, and, and people raved about it. But it still failed. It, it, it did very well, but it didn't change the video game perception. The people are, are going to play video games. They always will. People are always going to play board games. But there is not that excitement anymore. People are looking to do other things. People are looking to get outside, believe it or not. Some people, well, they never go outside. And they get a bad rap for that. You know, uh, you, you know they get that, that stereotype. Uh, the stereotype for the typical, typical board gamer, um, video gamer. You know, you get the same thing. Black t-shirt, neck beard. Uh, overweight glasses and balding you know that is your typical um, perception that people have of, of, of certain gamers that that are always going to support these things okay they're, they're going to support your your board games they're going to support your video games so it always will keep it on a plateau but at what point at what point does that stereotypical guy, okay, decide that he doesn't want to be that stereotypical guy? Okay, everybody changes. And it's a shame that, that there are stereotypes and everything. Just like a guy that works out too much, he, he's automatically stupid. Now, well, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. You know, st stereotypes are sad. Okay, and it's just a, an indictment on people that just don't understand things a lot. But it kind of falls into to kind of this subject in a way, in the fact that, you know, when, when, when we're talking about things staying a plateau, that means a certain level or certain type of, of, of gamer or, or board gamer, video gamer, whatever you want to call it, are always going to support these type of things. Wrestling fans, same thing. You're going to you know, AEW, if anybody knows anything about wrestling a bit, that there are 800,000 loyal fans that no matter what they put on, no matter how bad the show, they are always going to tune in on Wednesday nights and, and watch that show. Same thing could be said for WWE. Uh, comic book fans, same thing, okay? There are just a certain number of people that are always going to buy that, buy those things until it gets so bad and they get disgusted. And are we at that point in, in game, you know, board gaming where people are starting to get, you know, your loyalist fans, your people that are going to go to those conventions, no matter what, to see people, to play the new game, to get excited to see those designers. Are they going to get that burnout? Are they finally, you know, has it come to the point where with Kickstarter, eBay, Kickstarter exclusives where they can't get everything that they want, thousands of games being released every year, all of them not being good, okay? And then, you know, 
people only being able to choose a certain amount of games. And then you have YouTubers in particular that, you know, get paid by some of these companies to, hey, do me a favor, review this, give it, give it a good review. I mean, it's like anything else, folks. Okay. Okay. You know, are you getting an honest review? And then when you bring that game in, is it any good? Okay. Was it all just a sell job, a hype job? How many channels out there are hype channels? How many podcasts are just hype channels? Well, I'm going to talk about this because my best friend uh, made this game. And, uh, well, I'm not going to tell them that, but I'm going to hype it up on this podcast. Because no matter what this guy does, he's a friend of mine. He gives me free games and I'm going to hype it up. Hey, that's the way of the world, folks. That's the way it works. And it's sad and it's disappointing, but it, it's the way of life. It can be, it could be anything, anything. It really can. We could bring this to comic books, video games, um, geez, <laughs> movies, no matter, you know, no matter what it is, you are going to, you're not going to, when you're investing so much of yourself, your time, your money, your, your time's precious. A lot of us work very hard. Some of us work two, two jobs. And then when we get that little window, you want to make the most of it. When you get your group together, you want to have an experience, an enjoyable experience. Hey, listen, you know, the law of gravity, what goes up must come down. Okay. Not everything's going to be perfect, but you know, you want to think that, Hey, you know something? I really like this game. Maybe my, the rest of my group didn't, but I still love this game. Okay. And that's okay. But when you get sold on a, on a bad bad game okay and a, 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 a bad bill of goods and you bring it home and it, it puts a sour mouth in you it gives you fatigue kickstarters fatigue trying to find a game that's kickstarter exclusive on ebay when the prices get jacked up when you've got speculators that are buying things everybody remembers the 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 speculation market or the the um comic book age Okay, where you had die cut shiny covers. We all remember that. Those of us that, that, that collected comic books. And I cover this in a video that you're going to see uh, uh, next week at some point. And I, I don't want to hit too much on it because we're going to come back to that after we get some of your comments and I can, I can put them together and, and we can talk more about it here on the channel. But things really, you know, you got to wonder, are we in trouble right now? All right, is fatigue... You know, a, a subject that I hit not too long ago uh, on the channel uh, in the last couple of days, has fatigue set in? Has gaming peaked? Are we just going to, are we just going to kind of stay the course or are we going to run into that moment when things are going to crash? It'll never go away. It's a billion dollar business. But are enough people going to be tired, especially after everything with the lockdowns and stuff like that? We're not going to mention the name of that thing. But but has that worn people out? The people want to be outside now. The people want to do other things. It's a different, it's a different world, that's for sure. And the conventions have come back and the, the attendances, the attendances are down right now. But I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the rules that were put in place and things like that. Um, I think the real telling sign is going to be this coming year. This is really going to be, I think, 2023. It's going to be a very telling year. It's really going to tell us where we're at, what's going on, what we can look forward to. Are people finally going to put their foot down and say, yeah, enough's enough. You know, I, I'm going to hold these companies accountable. And are these co companies going to survive a recession if people stop buying? Or some of these resellers go away. Okay. Because they're having, a lot of them are having tough times. I think this is something that we really have to look at and keep an eye open going into a new year. Here we are in December, you know, it's, it's, I, I think it's been a very, very, very good year for games. Um, but I see a lot of people with fatigue. I get written from a lot of people with fatigue and it's very interesting to me. 
very interesting. And it doesn't bode well for the future, but I think it can survive it. I I really do. I really think it can survive it. I think we can we can come out of this and at least stay level and and you know plateau and just kind of stay that even keel. Or do, do we end up seeing more of the same? More of the same stuff where people get, you know, you know, where people are interjecting drama into board gaming, drama and all these other things. And does it take a hit? Does it take a big hit? I guess, you know, we can sit back, we can watch, we can speculate. But at the end of the day, we have to see how people feel. And what's the most important element of every aspect of gaming? It's people, folks. It's people. And those are the ones that you can't burn, that you have to reach, and you have to just put it on the table because those are the those are the ones that are going to keep this wonderful, wonderful hobby going. So there's my thoughts on that. We'll be back in a second with our second segment. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Once again, we're going to, in segment two here, we're going to be talking about some videos that you're going to be seeing, seeing coming up on Rob's Tabletop World on YouTube. But I want to talk a little bit more about uh, some of these games because some of these games you've already seen the videos about, but I want to talk a little bit more as I got more in depth with these games after I had done these reviews and I think it, 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 this is a great spot to follow up on certain things. Um, I know that you're going to be seeing a video coming up next week. It's Interceptor and it is from FASA. We all remember FASA. Okay. Uh, this is the same company that did Renegade and Leviathan, the last Starfighter. who can remember that. Uh, first of all, it was a great movie on top of it, but Interceptor, is a really an amazing game and um unfortunately it's not at miniature market right now um and i'm going to tell you a little story on how <laughs> i know that um i had ordered the game when i saw it at miniature market and i said well what's this interceptor fasa i don't know anything about this uh, i think it was kickstarted or or whatever it was but i was completely blown away by it and i definitely wanted it uh, so i ordered it and i ordered it along with a couple of other things uh, well, when the package finally came here, I had gotten an expansion for Interceptor, and um, I was quite disappointed because I go, oh, where's the rule book and all this stuff? And I realized it was just an expansion. I called Miniature Market, and uh, they refunded um, refunded me because they were out of the actual game. So I ended up going on uh, Amazon, and I was able to find it there. And I had it sent to the house here and uh, I opened it up and oh my God, folks, very, very old school. Um, movement is a little complicated because you are taking a grid and you are trying to figure out inertia, not so much inertia, but um, um, what is going, your thrust value, how it's going to affect your thrust value, which is very interesting because you can't go up over it or you have the possibility of spinning out of control or or maybe you know uh, getting yourself in a bad position and turning the wrong way when you wanted to turn and face a certain way so your maneuvers are very important and you have to fall within a certain category and able to do them combat is just very old school very fun you're taking piloting values and you're rolling all d10s and it just is a lot of fun. It's a game that has just this really, really old feel to it. I really suggest that, you know, you check the video out that I got coming out. I do an, an explanation of it uh, a little better than I'm doing right now. And I also uh, really take a look and break out. Um, the, you, you take a look at the models and stuff like that. They were very, very just simple but beautiful the maps are perfect you can use a neoprene uh, hex map if you have one uh, which will do the same thing and um, it's just a game that really has a lot of possibility and a lot of fun and I really think that this is um, something special and I really think that you need to check it out um, I, I think it's something you can really really 
take a great look at and, and get a great feel for. Another game I wanted to talk about is, have you seen uh, the video that I did for Dark Souls Tomb of the Giants? Well, uh, I've also done a painting video for this that you're going to be seeing coming up very soon. Uh, let me tell you something. If you haven't gotten this game yet, you definitely want to get it, especially if you are a beginning painter. I think this really hits home in a lot of ways because it's skeletons. And this is the basis on where you can learn and get the confidence to paint. And I think that's the most important thing is building up a level of confidence and something within yourself that, 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 that is going to really give you that, that feel that you can do anything. And um, I, I do a video where I kind of show you a real basic way to do it. And I, I think it's a real confidence builder. Not only that, but when you get these things painted and you play this corset, it is just, it has that Dark Souls feel. If you played the video game, you know that um, that Steamforge Games has done a fantastic job with it. They've come out with so many expansions. And this newest edition really makes things a little bit easier and really hits home and does a fantastic job. I really suggest that you check this video out, uh, my painting video. Uh, it's going to be a couple of parts. I do the skeletons in one. I do the main villain and the Dark Knight in another. And then I do the three heroes in the last one. And um, um, uh, it's going to be three videos that are going to show you how to paint this up. And for those of you that are beginners, get your paints out, folks. This is really easy. You don't need a lot. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to add to the beauty of the game. It's going to add to your experience. And it, it, it helps bring that theme in there that you're really looking to bring in. And I really highly, highly suggest this game. This is just, it, it hits on everything that you can want in a hobby. And Dark Souls does it. The next game I want to talk about is G.I. Joe, okay, uh, from Renegade Games. Now, this is something, I, it, it's G.I. Joe Mission Critical, a matter of fact. Now, if you played um, Power Rangers from uh, Renegade Games, you know how to play this game. But this game has that Marvel United feel. If you've never played uh, either one of these games and you've played Marvel United, it has that type of feel to it. Uh, you are going to be, you've got to watch out for certain uh, sections of the board. If they get overload, it's going to become panicked. And uh, if you panic the entire board, well, guess what? You're going to lose the game. This, with all the cards and the, the maneuvers and the tanks and the vehicles, this has a great feel for a G.I. Joe miniature game. And it does it so well. It's simple, to the point, fantastic, and something that I find extremely enjoyable that I think that you're really, really going to enjoy. And I really think it's just one of those games that is an absolute must-have if you are a fan of, a fan of G.I. Joe. Because the miniatures are, are fantastic. They, they are going to be fun to paint. Uh, the bad guys, of course, are glorious. And, and, you know, if you watch the cartoon, you're going to love this game. And they're just going to come out with more and more. Renegade has been hitting it out of the park, doing a fantastic job. And I'm telling you right now. Go check it out. You can find it at Miniature Market, Amazon, wherever you, wherever, wherever you get your favorite games, you will definitely find it there. That's for sure. G.I. Joe from Renegade. And the last game that we're going to be talking about is a one that I, I overpaid for. But I'm going to tell you, I'm glad I did. Uh, I got it off eBay. Um, uh, when, when Frosthaven was coming out, I was very excited about it. Uh, I wasn't going to wait for the Kickstarter. I wasn't going to back the Kickstarter. I just knew that I would get it on the secondary market when I did. Paid a little bit more than I wanted to, but boy, is it worth it. And I think you need to keep your eyes onto the ground. I saw a couple decently priced on Board Game uh, Geek, so you want to check those out. But Frosthaven does something that, that the Gloomhaven did not do. Uh, we have Seasons. And then the town really means something because you are building up trying to defend the town. And it really has this role-playing uh, epic to it that really, really 
really hits the core of a, a, a an RPG player. And I think it's it's just one of those games that you're going to find that really that really really does everything right. Um, I, I've got to admit, uh, you know, another 150 quest, uh, you know, 100 100 quests in there. Yeah, of course, you're not going to play them all, but you know, going through the campaign, there is plenty of gameplay here. Uh, the box is just chock filled with stuff. Uh, it's only 37 pounds, folks. Uh, you know, people make it seem like it's a 127 pound box. You know, by the way, they struggle to pick it up. It, it's 37 pounds. It's that of a small child. I mean, come on. Yeah, big for a board game, yeah, but but still, let's let's not oversell it. Uh, what people will do for clickbait, for sure. What, what can I tell you? But that game, I think, is a must-have. And um, after really spending some time with it over the last few days and then some, uh, I really am blown away by this and really think this is a fantastic experience that you're going to absolutely love. So, uh, again, uh, the games that we talked about, Interceptor, Dark Souls, Tomb of the Giants. I'm going to go get the other one and actually uh, check that out. The other uh, the other starter set for Dark Souls. Uh, Frosthaven and G.I. Joe Mission Critical. Four games that we took a look at this week on the podcast. And we'll have another four for you next week. And uh, our, our segment when we take a look at a bunch of different games. And we just talk a little bit about a little more than I can in the videos. So we'll be back with segment three right after this, folks. Hey, everybody, we're back with segment three. And uh, in segment three, I like to keep this to, you know, comic books, sci-fi movies, you know, a little bit more pop culture um, and, and hit on a few things that are important to me and things I want to share with you guys, of course. So I have to tell you a little bit story about some of the people I work with. It's kind of funny. Um, during the holidays, things get a little slow and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play some movies. And uh, I went on YouTube and took a look. And took a look to see what was out there. And they, they said, hey, Rob, you know, you usually tell us some really good movies. I go, have you guys ever seen The Day the Earth Stood Still? It is to me. Now, there's two movies that I think are the most important movies in science fiction. Um, black and white science fiction, however you want to call it. Uh, the first one for me, of course, is Godzilla. And the day the earth stood still. Godzilla, a very political, dark movie, but my love for that big lizard, um, <laughs> we will cover in future podcasts for sure. The day the earth stood still, I thought was one of the most important science fiction movies of its time because it kind of started that B movie thing, even though this was an A-list movie, um, done very, very well. And when I, I brought this up to some of the people that I work with, Carla, if you ever hear this, um, they went, okay, you mean the one with Keanu Reeves? No, no, not that abomination. I'm talking the 1951 version. And if you've never seen it, look it up. And it's kind of funny because, you know, a lot of young people are just used to a couple things, and that's Marvel movies. Marvel movies or some kind of slash movie, some overdone special effect movie. But, you know, the thing that I noticed that when they started watching it, they were kind of interested in it. And because it was black and white and there wasn't lasers flying all over the place or special effects, they just didn't pay attention to what was probably one of the most important stories that you can ever get. You know, you have this alien that comes down from outer space with a message for the Earth. And the thing that he, he learns, and he, and, he, and he lands in Washington, D.C., and he is met by an official not uh, to our president and says, hey, listen, I'm going to make this very clear. I have an important message. It's not for one nation. It's for all nations. You need to get the nations together. And the representative basically goes, well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. That's just not going to happen. Uh, there's a lot. You don't understand the complexities of our, our planet. 
because your petty squabbles don't mean anything to me. I have a mission, you know, I have a mission and it's a message of life and death. And the, the movie kind of transpires and goes, um, in a way that it, it, it talk, it, he gets the first hand. First of all, he tries to plead with them to get together. Of course, all the, the different nations won't come together, no matter, you know, even though a space alien had came from, uh, you know, outer space and basically said, hey, listen, I got an important message. It doesn't matter because of our current hatred at that time. And you got to remember it was the Cold War. Um, and, you know, the fear of the nuclear age, of course. And, you know, nobody can see eye to eye, no matter what this guy had the message. Of course, he became discouraged, but he decided that before he passed judgment or, pass, you know, say, hey, you know, there's nothing I can do. He wanted to see what humans were really like and why this was, why people were. So he goes undercover and he just discovers so many things. and. One of the beauties of this film is how this young boy that he meets and this 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 very strong woman. There's a very strong uh, woman, uh, Patricia O'Neill, plays the woman, a very very strong figure, single mother, lost a uh, lost her husband in World War II. Um, her son Bobby, um, just a bright kid, naive but but rare, you know, just full of life and. You see how this touches, uh, you know, our, 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 what I like to say, the hero of the movie, uh, the, the actual alien, and, um, and how he, he tries to comprehend certain things, and how he also looks at how primitive we are and just has a smile on his face, face for our naivete, as well as our lack of understanding things. And, you know, and the, there, there's so many things that he finds great about the human race, but yes, also so many things that he finds disappointing. Um, the point where the, the movie comes to, and I really want you to see this movie, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but the way the message comes about, how it finally comes about, and what the words are spoken. Matter of fact, it, it contains one of the most famous lines in all of movies, Kleatu uh, Baratu Nektu. Have uh, you seen it in Army of Darkness and other movies? Because this movie was just that important. You know, people go, oh, well, Forbidden Planet, um, oh, uh, This Island Earth. Now, this is the one that I really think is a benchmark, and this is a must-have. Get past the black and white. Get past the fact that you're not going to see, you know, all kinds of action. This is storytelling at its best. And it's a very important movie because I think it really tells, you know, especially in this day and age, it still stands strong that our divisions, we have to put aside, that we have to come together if we want to go forward. And I really think that this is a must-see. And, uh, you know, we're going to be breaking down more films and we're going to be talking comic books and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, uh, when I'm film, uh, when I'm taping this, as a matter of fact, it's co new comic book day and uh, a whole bunch of stuff came out. And of course, I got that. But I, I want to hit on different movies that have moved me and maybe for the younger generation that haven't seen some of these older movies, the to maybe take the time and watch this and see what stories were get past the special effects, get past the bunch of things, you're going to find something very special there. And I really think that these are the type of things that that really hit home and, and do a wonderful job at storytelling, opening your mind to discussion. Um, and, 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 and it's one of those movies, the movies I'm going to be talking about going forward are movies that are going to provoke thought. And that, I think that's one of the most important things that you could ever do is provoke thought and um and of course plain old fun because some of them are just plain old fun so we'll be back with our with, with uh our final segment where we're going to answer some questions we're going to talk uh some things that are coming up and we are going to head on out for sure so uh we'll be right back 
Hey, everybody, welcome to segment four. And this is where we answer letters and questions that you have. And believe it or not, I actually got a couple letters in here. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I was thinking of actually taking some things from um, the comment section of the YouTube, but uh, I actually got three really, well, I actually got five uh, letters and I'm only going to answer three of them because the other ones got, were kind of asking the same question. So, um, We'll do our best here to answer everything uh, going forward. So if you want to send us uh, any letters or any questions that you want answered here on the podcast, make sure that you uh, email me at novaprime860 at hotmail.com. Uh, just put Rob's Tabletop World Podcast and uh, ask your question, and uh, I'll do my best to get you up on air here, and we'll uh, answer your question for you. So our first question here is from Phil in Arizona. And he asked, hey, Rob, what is your favorite indie game? And that was a very easy one to come across. And it is none other than D100 uh, Dungeon. Uh, Martin Knight is probably one of the most brilliant people I've, I've ever met. Uh, and if you love dungeon crawls and something that you can play solo and get very sucked into... Um, D100 is fantastic. He's recently come out with a game called D100 Space, which is even even better and just really just stands out and is just a fantastic, wonderful experience. And I really highly, highly, highly suggest you check it out. Uh, you cannot go wrong with this. This is just just glorious and a must-have for any, any collection there. So um do yourself a favor, uh, go to drive through RPG, uh, or, uh, go to Martin Knight games, download it. Um, you can get the PDF or, um, at game crafters, they can actually make you the book, which is just fantastic. There are several expansions. It is a deep, wonderful experience that I guarantee you, um, you will absolutely adore and, um, uh, you won't be disappointed. All right. Our next question is from Alan in Kansas. Uh, I've seen your videos and I enjoy uh, what you do very much. Uh, and you seemed like a, a dude that works out a bit and you're very jacked. I was wondering what your maxes are and, and how you work out. Well, uh, I mean, we could spend an hour here talking about how I work out, but, um, you know, prior to, uh, the pandemic, uh, before I got sick, uh, I was benching, uh, close, very close to 600 pounds. And, um, on top of that, I was also, uh, squatting about seven change and, um, I was also deadlifting close to, um, uh, eight, eight fifty, Um, and, um, uh, I had some records, uh, that I was doing cause I was actually doing uh, power lifting. Um, after the pandemic, I got really, really sick, uh, lost a lot of weight and, uh, I, it really took a toll and I've been working my way back up. Now I'm, I'm 60 years old. Okay. I'm an old guy and I tried to do my best to stay in shape and, 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 you know, you know, father time is against you, but, uh, right now I'm, I'm benching about 420, 425. And, uh, I'm, I seem to be working with that pretty comfortably. Uh, I'm going to try to stay away from the heavy, heavy lifting. I don't want to, to hurt myself at this age. Uh, you know, you could tear some things and, uh, recovery time at this age just doesn't uh, go about. Uh, I worked out every single day. I still do um, uh, with a lot lighter weight, uh, more about staying in shape and trying to keep my size. Uh, I've been putting my size back on. I lost, uh, gee, I lost close to a hundred pounds after getting sick. Uh, the, 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 the sickness really took a, a toll. I had it really bad. I was in the hospital for a bit. 
Um, I was one of the ones that had the long-term effects of this. Uh, I still suffer from it to this day, but I do not let that stop me from trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle. That doesn't mean, uh, you, you know, I, I, I eat nothing but chicken and broccoli. But, you know, I make sure that I eat well. I also suffer from diabetes, so I do have to watch my diet a certain aspect. But, you know, something... My wife makes great cookies, and every once in a while, I'll pop a couple of those in my mouth, um, and, and and you know, go go against uh, some of the things I'm supposed to do. But uh, you want to enjoy life. The most important thing is if you stay active and you do the things that you need to do, you're going to find that you're going to have a really great uh, life and try to do the best you can. Uh, each day, I seem to be getting stronger and just trying to get back on my feet, back to where I was. And, uh, you know, we'll see where we end up at the end of this and, and we'll bring this up again in the future. And uh, that's for sure. So there you go. I hope that answers your question. And again, uh, if you have any questions, please address them to uh, Rob's Tabletop World uh, um, at NovaPrime860 at Hotmail.com. We'll do our best to answer each and every one of your questions. Uh, this last question, this was a real interesting one that kind of caught me off guard. It's from Joe in Missouri. Joe says, uh, I noticed that uh, you were in videos for the Dice Tower and BGG. Um, I've followed the Dice Tower for quite some time, as well as watch it played and shut up and sit down. Which do you feel is the best out of these big three? Uh, uh, big three. Oh, I'm trying to read this properly. Uh, these big three. Uh, corporate shills. Well, that, that wasn't very nice. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let, let's talk a little bit about it. I was with the Dice Tower for a while there. Um, boy, there's uh, some stories I could tell you that I'm just not going to say right now. Eventually, I think I will at some point, but things aren't as they seem. And I can say the same thing for um, a BGG as well. Shut up and sit down. I don't know too much, but I hear, and this is what I hear, that it's more commentary and their their opinions on life uh, uh, is more kind of, uh, you know, some of the things that are wrong with board games at this time, you know, when it, when it becomes political and stuff like that. I never watched any of their stuff, so I, I can't really say too much about them. I know that, you know, when I, I did some research on this question, they're sitting about 380. The Dice Tower's at 313. And uh, Watch It Played just hit 300. Now, let's talk about Watch It Played out of, out of the three of these because uh, this is where I really think that if board gaming's going to survive, the people that are going to lead board gaming into the future is the people from Watch It Played because they do everything right. I've seen, I, I, I know Rodney, I know Chaz. Uh, I never had a chance to meet Paula. I met Matthew. Um, these are good, solid people. What you see on camera is what, what these people really are. And I've had many private moments with them. Um, I can, I can tell you that we all went to a seminar one time. Uh, it was Rodney, myself, Chaz. Um, and we were at this particular seminar. I'm not going to say where and when, and I, I don't want to implicate anything. And, you know, it, it was the one moment that I really, uh, we were sitting around a table and, um, I really got the feeling that the smartest people in the room were Rodney and Chaz. Chaz is full of ideas, smart, funny, um, and does everything right. And when they were presenting brilliant, brilliant ideas, this person that was at this thing was rolling his eyes. Um, you could tell he was intimidated by them, wouldn't take anything from them. And they let these people slip through their hands. So what do they do? Chaz goes and starts working with Rodney, justifiably so. Um, because they had ideas, they had things that, that were smart and, and, and ahead of the time. You know, the one thing that you get when you get, watch a, watch it played video. Okay. Um, too many different channels tried to make themselves personalities 
and overshadow the games. This never happens with Watch It Played, where they can be funny, but it's it doesn't take away from what they're doing with the game, showcasing the game. Their humor is smart. It's intelligent. It, it hits everybody the right way, but they showcase the game. They don't overshadow the game. They don't make their personalities bigger than what they are doing, which is the games. Now, they have a lot of shows that, that do different things and they are fun and funny and smart. And they don't have to be goofballs. They don't have to be this. They just do it all right. The production's through the roof. The writing from Chaz is through, you know, this, this is another guy that I, I just feel is one of the smartest guys in board gaming, along with Rodney. Anybody out there, please tell me that you've never seen a Rodney, a Rodney video, a watch it played video. You didn't go to watch to learn how to play a certain game. Okay. From Rodney, because if, if, if you hadn't, you're lying. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing about Rodney is when he explains a game, it's, it's very to the point. You get it. You, you understand it. It's shown to you. He spends a lot of time writing these scripts and he does it all right. This is why, in my opinion, I said that Rodney was going to be the biggest board game channel out there ever. And he, he just closed the gap with Dice Tower. Okay which is a whole different subject with me, but we're not going to go into that. But I'm going to tell you right now, Watch It Played will overtake Dice Tower. They will close the gap on Shut Up and Sit Down. And I believe, and you, I'm, I'm stating it right here, they will be the first. I don't know how long it'll take. They will be the first board game channel to go over a million um, uh, subscribers. I really believe that in my heart. Um, they are that good. They have that kind of momentum. They are growing at an incredible rate and it's deservedly so he's put together a team that makes sense. Um, a matter of fact, um, I don't know the name of the two new people that he brought in that do playthroughs, uh, the girl and the gentleman. Uh, I, I don't know them. Um, you got to forgive me for that, but he added them to the team and everybody on there has a kindness. There's a warmness. There is this inviting atmosphere. It's not about them. It's about how they can showcase the game to you in a friendly, smart, and intelligent ma manner and have fun doing it. And you can see they're having fun and their passion and their love for board gaming. That's what's going to save board gaming. That is what is going to be the future of board gaming. And I highly suggest that you guys go check it out. You know, ham and eggers like me, you know, there's thousands of me out there. Okay. There's, there's a lot of us out there. Okay. Anybody, anybody can pick up a camera. Anybody can turn on and, and make a podcast. Anybody can do a YouTube video, but to do it professionally, to do it the way, do it what's right. And to be the real people, the real people that you see on that show, are the same people that you would talk to behind closed doors, behind the curtain. I've been to dinner with these guys. I've spent a lot of time with them. Okay. And I can tell you right now, the very best is watch it played. And they are the future of board gaming without a doubt. Now let's not take away from the other two. They are historically and will have, they have they have done some amazing things. Tom has done some amazing things. You know, at the beginning, if it wasn't for him, you know, we don't, you know, would there be a golden age? You know, people say, will we? And uh, the, the, the Tom that started this, okay, because there's a, a few different Toms, was, was amazing. I, remember, I, I went to his first convention. There was 300 people there. It was maxed out at 300 people. And it was, it was pretty incredible for 300 people. Okay. And I went every year for, for a long, long, long time. And I, I really got my start. Thanks. Thanks to him. And, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a long story. Maybe someday I'll tell it, but uh, right now, no, out of respect to, to Tom, uh, I'm not um, because I do like, like Tom to a degree. Um, 
shut up and sit down guys i don't know i don't know and uh they just don't do it for me uh, that's not to say that it's a bad thing but you know hey they're popular for a reason and they do it right god bless them they deserve they deserve their fame same thing with the dice tower great formulas they know how to do it they know how to hit those algorithms and 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 do all the right things you know it's just i really believe that watch it played is the future of board gaming because of the genuine attitude thoughts how they do things um and knowing the people behind behind the camera um how how they are and um uh you know i remember seeing the very first video the, the mansions of madness uh in in a little basement and you could just tell this guy was special and he is and he's lived up to every bit of it so there you go uh that's all our letters for today and that's going to close out on our show uh you're going to want to check us out on makari as we're going to be selling a whole bunch of games for charity uh it's tiana 64 is the seller uh, i'm gonna makari's weird you can't look up the seller but if you put in thunder rolls uh, you're going to see that game there and then just look for the one uh, on sale for 45 bucks or 43 bucks by uh, Tiana 64. Uh, save her. We are going to be adding another 50 games this week uh, uh, up in time so we can get them to you in, in time for Christmas. All proceeds are going to be going to charities. If you have any, any anything that you'd like to add to the podcast or you just like to uh, say hello, Email me, NovaPrime860 at Hotmail.com. Uh, this week on YouTube, we got a bunch of videos coming up. Uh, we got one about algorithms. Uh, does it make somebody do things that they don't believe in? Uh, we have another big video coming out. Uh, eBay and Kickstarter's relationship. Is it good for board gaming? We've got a review on Interceptor, like I told you, that we have that coming up. We have a review on Dungeon Bowl, Deathmatch, the gaming supplement. You're going to want to check that one out. Make sure you check me out on YouTube at Rob, tab, Rob's Tabletop World. You can't miss me. I'm there on YouTube. And we will see you next week. This will be a once-a-week thing, our next podcast. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being here. I appreciate you all, love you all, and we will see you soon. Until next time, it's your old pal Rob saying we'll see you soon.